But I was like, oh, maybe I kind of want to fuck Buddy because I would actually, this is full disclosure, but I would sometimes finish having sex with him and then go to another dude's house who I would just like cuddle with. <laughs> so you had a fuck buddy and a cuddle buddy. I did. Damn, girl, she yeah. got it all figured out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into this very special episode, I got to give a special shout out to the sponsor of this episode. And it couldn't be a more appropriate sponsor than AdamandEve.com, baby. Right in time for Valentine's Day, we got you the plug. AdamandEve.com, baby, they are being very generous with us. They're giving all of our listeners 50% off plus free shipping. I couldn't believe when they said 50, 50. 50? Go to adamandeve.com and put in the promo code STRIPPED, S-T-R-I-P-P-E-D. STRIPPED, ladies and gentlemen. If you're trying to spice up your Valentine's Day or you just trying to give yourself some of that love this Valentine's Day. Don't walk, run, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to spice this Valentine's Day up. Whether it's with somebody or by ourselves, we're going to make sure this shit is enjoyable. <laughs> and now back to your regularly scheduled programming. What do you think? No, I think these are good. Okay. All right. Better than the spice. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for that. Sorry. Was that your daughter? Yeah. How old is she? Uh, 14 months. 14 months. Yeah. Maybe 15 months today, to be honest with you. No, 15 months tomorrow. 15 months tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you got the exact, the exact days. Yeah. You got to know those things. Every time you go to the park, it's literally a question every parent's going to ask. I just had my first niece. Oh, congratulations. My, yeah. It's been exactly 26 months and 17 days, I believe. Okay. <laughs> like, That's how it goes. It's something like that. She's just, she just turned two. She's like the cutest thing. You've got to hang out with her? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's huge. Uncle Miles. Yeah, I'm that's like, huge. I didn't like. Were, was it shocking, like the impact that it had on you? Like, I just have a niece. No, I have a niece and nephew too, and I've had my niece and nephew are twelve, and that was huge. They're my world, so I know that that's a huge. It's like it's actually similarly comparable. It did like create have an impact on it makes me. a big impact, and I think especially for your sibling, like it's just something that the two of you guys share and. Because mm-hmm. you guys grew up together, so yeah, I, like seeing your sister as a mom is probably such a crazy. That was like the first thing that struck me when I saw my because we grew. She's my oldest sister, and just seeing her in that way was like just something. Yeah. I was just like I just never saw this, and it was just like sh- a shock to the system. I was just looking at her, just like, and my knees just almost. In awe, like, wow. Yeah. Look at my sister. Right. <laughs> this is my yeah. sister. She a mama now. And that's my niece. I was like, just so, I don't know. I always tell my nephew, I'm like, you're 25% me. Like, <laughs> you really are. Like, you are a quarter of exactly me. So. He's like, what's that mean, auntie? <laughs> what does that mean exactly? <laughs> so he's a late bloomer, but he'll figure it out. So that was Craig on the phone? Cray, yeah. Cray. Yeah. And he was uh, helping you pick out yes, yeah. Jared's gift. Yes. And you mentioned that this is the first time that you're getting him a gift. This is the first Valentine's Day in the history of my relationship that I'm doing something for my husband. What yeah. what made you know what this it is? time? Let's just say overall, I'm not a good gift giver. I think everybody's <laughs> got their things, their strengths. So mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that if I'm already out and getting something, I will get it for you. Yeah. Or if I'm already out and I see something, I'm like, I'm going to get it for you. Right. But if it's like, it's Christmas, it's your birthday. Like, that's just not my strength. It never has been. I'm very similar to you in that way. And, and in reverse, like, I don't really care too much about gifts. Yeah, I'm the same way. I gifts. do like... Have you ever had someone do something very nice for you? Yeah. I, so I do understand that. Like, uh, my husband is actually really good at that. Mm. He's actually, to be honest with you, like, he got me a phone for Valentine's Day, which we went away and I got sand in my phone and then my button stopped working. And so a few days ago, he was like so tired of seeing me be like, he's like, I got you a phone. So I was like, it's a nice gift, but it's also like, I don't know. It's like a practical gift. Right. Right. So he, but he traditionally is really good at the, like the, these like really romantic gestures. So that's why like, this gift, I'm like, it's not things that you need. It's not the things that it's not socks. It's like something special. Something that's going to touch home. Yeah. What is it? Can I, I got him a pearl necklace. Ooh, I was going to put that together. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Cause I was listening in. Is that something that like, how's that? 
Well, we went to Melrose Trading Post,、uh-huh. and he got one just to kind of play around to see how he felt with it, and then he loved it. But we've got a small child who immediately ripped that off, like, and then it, you know, but it was a cheaper、oh. necklace, so that was that. And so he was like, I really liked it, and he actually had bought earrings to go with it, but then it just kind of fell by the wayside. So that to me is one of those gifts that you're like, I don't think you would have gotten this for yourself,、mm-hmm. but I think you're going to be very grateful that somebody was like, here. Yeah, it's from Tiffany's. Did you make sure it's childproof? I know. <laughs> Is this thing childproof? I really should ask that right now. I'm like, okay, have her tug on it at the store, got- and if it breaks, leave. Yeah, there yeah. you go.、Right. Test it here. <laughs> We gotta make sure this thing is childproof because that's like, like something you gotta take into consideration for almost everything now. So you don't have a Valentine's this year? No. Is that a like? It's nothing new for me, <laughs> but I do. I've had I've had Valentines, but like for、Have、the most part, hired to do a lot of Galentines. That is a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. Not me personally. I was the guy who would like coordinate that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I would think that that like this would be a busy time of year because I I've never really had a good Galentines before, and I wish I did. I actually have an episode on my podcast coming out that's called "Dating in Your Twenties,"、mm. and it was myself and my best friend reflecting on our experience, which was awful. But the thing about it with women, I believe, straight women in particular, it's so universally awful that it almost bonds you together. <laughs> right. So I could see that how terrible it was was like what. Formed our relationship. We actually had a my my best friend is、um, Andrea from Degrassi, or she was on Degrassi、mm-hmm. with Drake, and so we had like a we were pretty fun, a lot of a lot of crazy you know times in our twenties, but around really not so great people. And so and then conversely, my brother in law who bought the pearl necklace, who works for us,、mm-hmm. is in his twenties right now, and he is that terrible person. <laughs> so I had him. On the podcast, kind of talking about his experiences, and then we were talking about our experiences. And I'm like, man, the one thing that I wish in my 20s is that I stop. I, I just let things be what they were in the moment, rather than trying to make everything add up to something else.、Mm. And so, just having experiences that I enjoyed, and then I think I would have had a lot less frustrated Valentine's Day, and instead been like, I'm a higher miles to come. And me and my friends, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going、yeah. to. Try to make somebody something that they can't be right now, that they're just not. Right. And instead, either we're going to find the right people who actually are meeting us where we're at, or we're just going to delight in our own company and find our own version of joy in the mix. That's what I'm talking about right there. That touches on like something I've been kind of like heavy on, starting with being happy alone and like not letting anybody else outside of that. Affect your happiness. If they happen to add to it, great. If not, it's no big deal because you've already established like a foundation of like contentness, happiness, like this peace or just joy in your own life without having to rely on others to meet certain expectations to get your happiness there. So that sounds like a good piece of advice for a lot of people in their twenties. Actually, I was chewing on this for a long time, which I don't want to hijack your episode. So please just be like, oh no, you, this, this is this is your episode,、But. girl. <laughs> What、you mean、um, the Will Smith concept? It's not his concept, obviously, but he popularized. Nobody else can make you happy. Your partner can't make you happy.、Mm-hmm. And then I really chewed on that for a long time, going back and forth, because I'm like, I know for damn sure your partner can make you miserable, because <laughs> I've been in those relationships before. Yeah. So I was like, how can we not expect for our partner to make us happy? But then I had a really incredible. I went away for a month without my husband in November、uh, for work and. I listened to a lot of audiobooks during that time. It was myself, my mom, and my daughter, and I listened to two audiobooks. One was Will. Do you listen to Will? I haven't listened to it. It、yet. is like to me. Stop! You're wasting time talking to me. Okay. It is so good. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and save it right now. Spend any more time listening to me, and instead they should listen to that book. He's such a. That's how I、life. feel about you, girl. I was about to say,、you、stop、don't. listening to me. She got the answers. <laughs> It's so good, but Will talks about that concept, and the whole book is about moving from a fear mindset to a love mindset, and then listen to a book called The Mastery of Love, and it had a really simple sentence of like, nobody can truly know your mind, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, your ambitions, your fears. You can let somebody into an extent, but it's also an evolving concept of self. Yeah. So for that reason, because people can't know those things, they can't know how to make you happy. Right. So you are responsible for that by yourself. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's ever changing. You're such a us as humans, we're dynamic. So, you know, what makes us happy 
in one given moment is completely different in another given moment. And people, ladies and gentlemen, we can't read minds. Okay? <laughs> we cannot read minds. <laughs> Shit. It's like he should know this stuff. She yeah. should know. I mean, there's certain things that are like blatantly obvious. Like, yeah, you should know. But there's other things. It's like us, man. Let me just. <laughs> we are so oblivious sometimes. We're just in la la land. Is your husband like that sometimes? Or has he been pretty He's good? Pretty good. I yeah. Or are you more like the one that? <laughs> I, may, I might be. <laughs> I can say like my experience with him is is unlike any other relationship I've been in before. I think we have a lot of very similar values. We mm. like really align on a lot of basic thoughts and also high level thoughts, like what we think about the world and our belief systems are, are really similar. So he's closer to being a mind reader, but then we're also really good at being like, just so you know. And I'm also really good at being like, you're being a dick to me this morning. You know, you may not realize because you're in your own flow, like the way that you're treating me is your whatever you're experiencing is like sloughing off onto me. I don't like it. Mm. And so then you'll be like, oh, I didn't realize. So maybe I've never expected him to be a mind reader. Or maybe he is one. And you guys have been together, you said, for five years? Yeah. Married for three? Yeah. Shit. I think it's an ever it's like takes time to fully like know somebody. My parents have been together for 43 years. Oh, wow. That's that clap at a brunch age where you're like, oh, my, stand up. <laughs> and I was, I always have these conversations with my dad, like, now, especially now that I'm doing this podcast, having these conversations with other people. I'm like, how did you do it? How did you pull this shit off? Because everybody's trying to achieve what you got. And like, he is very, he's the first to admit it was rough <laughs> like you know it takes work and but now they got it figured out and now they're living happier than fucking ever that's really they just, beautiful yeah they just like take care of my niece now and <laughs> play they just living life on easy mode now yeah. but it took a lot of work to get there and it does i mean that's the thing i i also buck up against that because i immediately before this relationship i was in a very classically toxic relationship and the mantra that relationships take hard work is people who are in shitty people, shitty relationships, like that's their life raft. Yeah. So that's they're like, oh, it's supposed to be this way. Like you're in a storm holding on to this one little rubber ducky and you're like, they're supposed to be hard. Like not that hard. Yeah. Like there's levels, like there's anything else in life. If you're doing a job that every day you come home and ball your eyes out, you feel incredibly frustrated. You feel stupid. You feel small within it. Maybe you're not meant to be an accountant. Maybe your natural skill set is not naturally suited for that job. Yeah. There's going to be a place like you're going to feel flow. Will there be challenges? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be easy street? Like I'm sure what you do for a living, it looks glamorous and it looks incredible. Yeah. Is it easy? No. <laughs> but is there flow? Probably. And there's progress. And that's the important thing to pay attention to. Yes. Is there is there progress? If there's no progress, okay, it's time to give up on i like the analogy you use maybe you're not meant to be an accountant because i use a business analogy maybe that business isn't for you find a business that suits your skill set like who you are your values your ethics you as a person the right business you're going to see that progress right and that's, that's a great way of putting it yeah. that's when you know you're moving in the right direction that and that's what keeps you motivated to work through those hard times if you don't see progress it's really hard to stay motivated and there's a lot of relationships that are all work and no progress yeah and you're just or maybe if anything you're trying to get back to that first two weeks or like you're trying to get back somewhere and i think in good relationships there should be no longing for the past there's an appreciation because it's what grounds you and like that's a part of your story but you should always be like, this phase is the phase I'm excited about, what we're yeah. working towards. Yeah. But if you're spending majority of your time being like, remember that one date we had where we got along, that's what I want again. You're not in the wrong, you're not in the right fit. Yeah. There's a, something, a common theme that I've noticed with a few of my buddies, one's married, one's engaged, both them and their spouses have both like came to the conclusion that they now look forward to the changes. Mm. They look because they don't fear them anymore. Yes. Because they have been through enough changes to know that even though it may be a little difficult to get through at the time, it always ends up better. So now they look forward to those changes. They get almost excited for what's to come. But obviously, that's in a circumstance where 
they are the right business for each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the caveat. I, we got to pay like attention that a lot. to. That's actually, it's good to talk to other people in different relationships because you get those little tidbits like that. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a perfect way of describing it. That's where all my knowledge comes from. So if anybody wonders where I get my wisdom from, observing others, connecting dots from an outside perspective, and this one right here. And pops. <laughs> and pops. <laughs> so you... This is the first time that you're doing something for your husband on Valentine's Day. What stopped you from doing anything before? Did you just not think, oh, this is something where he's supposed to be doing something for me or what? Yeah, probably that, if I'm very honest, because mm-hmm. I want to say that it's laziness, but I also think if in return he didn't do anything, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> you know, I, I, my logic for not doing anything for him is like, I do things for you all year round and like, Every day is Valentine's Day and a special day. Mm. But then I'm like, I need a special day though. So like, it's very hypocritical of me to apply that double standard. And like I said, he had vocalized to me either the first year or the second year of Valentine's Day that he has never had somebody do something for him. And I was like noted. And then I spent three years continuing the trend. So I'm like, this is the year that I stop it. Now, mind you, I started out with really big plans. I was like, how do I find Stevie Wonder? (laughs) I really was like shooting for the moon. And then I landed on like, I'm going to get a piece of jewelry and stuff for the gym. That's where we're at. There we go. Is Are you guys planning any sort of like date night? Of uh, Listen, I'm not doing that. I, that that's where I draw the line. Well, okay? I'm not saying that's you're, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying you, like you guys in general, as a couple, you guys are obviously going to be doing some sort of, oh, you don't even know? No, Come I on, what y'all know. usually do? Yeah. Well, I mean, he usually, we usually will do like, a dinner or live music. Some, some sort of experience. Like an, yeah. But now that we have a kid, that would be, that would mean the world. I feel like it's all about just creating a, an, a moment and experience. Cause I feel like the traditional thing is dinner, chocolate and flowers. Yes. Right. That's the first thing that comes to mind. But I feel like as long as there's some sort of like memorable experience, like I love how you mentioned like live music. I mean, like that's an experience and I'm, I'm sure that's like, a common interest of you guys of you guys something mm-hmm. thoughtful like that like you can't go wrong with and like what you mentioned it was something thoughtful for him you know and then of course like for people who don't know you you how would you describe yourself uh public facing sex and relationship educator public facing sex and relationship educator and intimacy expert experts yeah so how does the intimacy part fit into this like what's something that you feel like like valentine's day i feel like it's a little more heavy on the intimacy yes right do you mean physical intimacy both so i think of intimacy romance close personal relationships so actually in addition i want to get my sister a valentine's day gift because i didn't i dropped the ball on christmas so i like valentine's day for that reason too is that instead of looking at it as a day to celebrate romantic love it's a day to celebrate intimacy that's Mm. why i'm like do a galentine's do a self-love celebration day like it's an incredible day just to be like what relationships right now could benefit from me showing out for them yeah. And maybe again, maybe that's yourself and your dog. Whatever it is, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's a day to celebrate intimacy. So intimacy to me is sex, love, relationships, attachments. That could even be yourself and your puppy. Mm. Um, so that's the science that I study. So my educational background is in journalism, sexology, and psychology. And mm. I'm still in school uh, for both sex education, and I'm also in school to get my master's in psychology. So those are the things I'm passionate about learning about. Physical intimacy is my entry point. I started in this space in 2009, really officially with my book, Laid. Um, and that was a book, it was called Laid. So obviously that's like my foot in the door and that's the thing I will always go back to. And it's a really big part of life that people often overlook. But yeah. I think that there's the entire gamut of intimacy is what makes life worth living. Yeah, I agree with that. That's actually how I came across you as I was, re- we were doing an episode on uh, seduction, romance, intimacy, and I was YouTubing some stuff. And I actually referenced you a few times in that episode. I was like, there's this chick online, girl. Y'all got to look her up. She, you were like the only one that I actually like named. I was like, go listen to her. She knows oh, what she's you. talking about. I subscribed right away. And I just like been casually just digesting your content ever since. And every time I'm just like, 
I just need to direct everybody to her. I need to stop doing yeah. this podcast stuff and oh, giving advice. Like, I need to give it to... <laughs> the start directing them. To- my, my mission in this space is to empower more people to feel like an expert. Because it's like cooking, for example. Mm. There shouldn't be, like, one cook per 500,000 people capita, you know, because then that's that's way too much pressure. Like, it's right. a really big, important part of people's lives. Yeah. It's daily nutrition. So there should be a lot of people who know how to make a meal for you. A lot of people who are like, I have this. I can do this. Like, I can, hand, I can nourish you in this way. So yeah. there should be a lot more people who are sharing their experience because also, too, it's all about what this space has deprived people of is truth. So we very rarely get to hear our experiences reflected because they tell a very singular story in media and then sex education only tells a negative story or intimacy education in general. So people never get to see or hear their own self reflected back. So I can't reflect back people who are going to relate with you. Right. The people watching this channel who are like, yo, Miles speaks my truth. I'm not going to speak their truth. So there, there has to be a ton of voices. There has to be a ton of perspectives. I hope because it's kind of be careful what you wish for because now the market's kind of blown open mm. and you have a lot of people yeah. giving advice <laughs> so then i'm like ah oh, man like there's a balance because you still got to put the work in yeah right you can't just be going based off anecdotal experiences or people who have the same experience as you and then yeah. using terms like men and women right when you're really just talking about self and the last three girls i dated right so there's a balance you still got to put the work in which you have done you know even if it is just talking to people being curious being open talking to your parents reading books when you can like it doesn't have to be formal education but you still have to you have a responsibility to do more than just pontificate on what you've gone through right and you i think one because like you said there's so many new voices and you almost don't know who to listen to who not to listen to i think one thing that just came to mind as you were saying that is like look for the people who are not just ranting about the problem, but also offering solutions to the problem yes. that are not based in negative emotions. Cheers Come on, to that. Yeah. I knew you were going to feel me on that one. <laughs> yeah. I have a book that we talked about, which I'm like, it's not, it's, it's not like it's the book I'm plugging. I put it out in 2019. It's my forever baby, but it's called mm. The Game of Desire. And essentially it was written because there were so many women who were DMing me who were like, I hate dating. I despise dating. I hate the experience of meeting new people. It's exhausting. <laughs> and so I was like, when you really take off all the layers and expectations and who pays for the date and all that other shit, dating is two people who have no reason to get to know each other or care about each other who are like, I'm going to devote time, which is a finite, precious uh, rare thing. I'm going to devote time to seeing if there's something there with you. Like that's really fucking cool. That doesn't yeah. really happen anywhere else. You know, like yeah. in business, it's actually very difficult to be like, let's go for lunch. Not because I have a job for you, not because of anything, just because like, I just want to see if there's something here. Right. So it's really beautiful that these people are willing to like put a t- aside time to see if like you're that special one for them. So if you have a lens where it's become really clouded and very negative Maybe it's time just to kind of refresh the script. But in the book, I spent the introduction just complaining, right? Just being like, here's the, t- the stats. It's really difficult. And it's a hard time to meet somebody. Mm. And, you know, here's how the landscape has shifted. Here's how the dating culture and the market has shifted. And if you're feeling exhausted and feeling like this is a lot, you're not alone. But that's right. two pages. <laughs> the other 300 are about... Okay, so it's shitty. Now, what do you have to do to be the person who actually thrives despite the fact that the market's not in your favor right now? Right. Where I feel now it's flipped where it's like 300 pages of complaining and then like two pages of, and here's what you could do about it. Right. And usually the thing that you could do about it is like, avoid them at all costs. Yeah. Stay away from their asses. <laughs> like, don't trust them at all. I'm just like, damn, bro. Like, that, that's how you want to go about living your life? Not trusting anybody? Avoiding all these people having trust issues? Paranoia? <laughs> like that? Like, uh, I think there's a bigger problem that needs to be resolved. And it, like, really, it starts with you. Which is what I, I love. You implied that what can you do? For you to put yourself in a better position where the market would be more favorable for you. I think it's like, a, you know, I'm born in um, 85. So in 2008, when I graduated from school, it was like the official recession and the job market was nuts. 
Like mm-hmm. there were people who were in like auto, which used to be like surefire, you're getting a job. Like my, uh, somebody I was dating at the time went to school at like a auto engineering school. And like the job success rate was like a hundred percent per graduation that year. It was like 40 cause all these plants closed down. Like so many things changed. And I was in journalism. There was a crossover from like print journalism and now it became digital media and then blogs. And like, there was just less jobs, less money, less everything. And so I had to learn how to thrive in a market that was not suited for me and didn't need me. So right. I feel like that resilience gave me, I don't know, an edge that carried forward in my dating world. Do you think it pointed you into like the direction that you're in now? No, I was already like pre, so journalism school. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you the question. They say, okay, what do you know more than anything else? What do I know more yeah. than, um, what do I know more than anything else? Shit, entrepreneurship. That's so you could engi- become like a business yeah. insider journalist. Like you would write, that would be that, you know, your lack of better term, like your, your section in the paper, right? Yeah. So my thing, when they asked that question, I was literally like, I feel like I know fucking, like, I feel like that's my thing. You know, that's what I, at that age. Fucking? Time, yeah. <laughs> I, say, I thought that was just like a, a precursor to what you, I, I feel I like I know fucking. I uh, fucking. Oh, okay. That is. I think I know fucking. I, I fucking love that though. See how thing. I just use fucking. <laughs> that's how I use it all the time. So I thought something was coming like, after. Fucking, fucking business. That makes sense now. <laughs> okay. So I started. <laughs> journalism school with like this is the stories i'm telling by the time i graduated there were no jobs so it didn't inform what i wanted to do for a living but i think it gave me the grit necessary because also i created a job that didn't exist at the time all that to say is the dating market shit yes is there stats to back that up absolutely yeah did covid make it way harder Mm -hmm. hell yes yeah does that mean though that you still can't come out on top no, it doesn't mean that. You just have to develop grit, resilience, and do a hell of a lot more work than maybe your parents had to do. Right. And well, what you, like what you did is you created your own opportunity. When there's not a door to knock on, you create your own door and you and you set up shop. Like if it wasn't for that happening, would do you think you would be where you are right now, like doing your own thing? If it wasn't for failure? If it wasn't for there not being those opportunities back then when you graduated. Yeah. yeah, I do think that. I mean, it was definitely like when everything, the dust settled and you have nothing anyways, mm-hmm. there are no options. So you might as well pick the thing that you like. Right. Cause start dabbling. Everything's failing. Right. So you might as well be like, you know what? Well, let me just at least enjoy myself. So yeah. that was actually like really like my precipice into digging into this as a career. Um, and yeah, my YouTube channel was spawned out of failure. So a lot of it kind of came from a place of like, I can't figure out anything else, but what do I love? And then how do I build and devote myself? And what allows me to be in flow and to make the work, which is crazy, seem a little bit less daunting? Mm. What was the failure, if you don't mind me asking that? In in the YouTube channel sense, I basically lived in Toronto Mm -hmm. and then I was in a very toxic relationship. I was really unhappy. Um, essentially I got this hail Mary phone call from BET. They were looking for a relationship expert, even though my book came out in 2009, it's like 2012. So some time had passed and I wasn't really working in the space that much, but my book had some notoriety to the point that they had knew, known about me. So I got an opportunity to come to LA. I shot the pilot and it did not get picked up, mm. but it allowed me to apply for a work visa. And then I applied for the work visa and then I just kind of let it sit there. And then I continued on my life in Toronto being very miserable. I was doing wedding photography, actually. I was doing wedding photography, living with a partner where I was crying every single day. It was an awful, awful relationship. And then another opportunity came up in LA. I applied for that. I got it. It was a pilot for a TV show. Didn't get picked up. And I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm going. So I just did the classic thing of I packed everything in my car. I told my boyfriend, like, we're not breaking up. I'm just, go- I'm just going for a month. Mm-hmm. I gotta break the lease though. I gotta break the lease, but I'm just going for a month, okay? <laughs> like, and we'll be long distance. It'll be great. You know, we were awful living together, but long distance, we're gonna get, it's gonna fix us. So, like, we're gonna stay together. We're gonna work this through. And then I came to LA and, you know, I stayed on my friend's couch for a bit. Eventually, I wanted, you know, traditional media's recognition. I wanted to be a sex relationship expert. 
And so I was working that for a while. I'd gotten a couple of um, shows, but nothing big. And then eventually I landed this opportunity with MTV. They had the show called Unprotected Text. It's perfect for me. And I was like, this is it. Like there's a quote from Steve Jobs. You can't connect the dots looking forward, only looking back. And I did this a lot in my life with everything. So like, for example, I'd come and meet you today and I'm like, I'm going to go meet Miles. He and I are going to have a great connection. He's going to see something in me. He's going to believe in me. He's going to ask me to come on tour with him. And then I'm going to have like enough money. I'm going to bring my parents down. And I would create this whole life around the circumstance I had no control over. And then when it didn't happen, I would be completely crushed. Yeah. So I did that with this job where I was like, I made this whole life. And I'm like, finally, like it's over all the struggle. I figured it out. I'm going to do this. And then that show once again didn't get picked up. And then now I'm in Los Angeles. I have nothing. I have no one. My relationship's even worse than before. Like if I left Toronto to try for something better, it was the complete opposite. I lost crazy amounts of weight because I was like impoverished. I had bed bugs. It was all the things. And then I was like, what if I just started making YouTube videos? <laughs> you know, like what if I just started being the curator of the content that I want to make? And like, what's, what, how would I do sex ed if I'm the person in control? And I'm not waiting for someone else to say, oh, her voice matters. Right. And then that's where everything went up. Create your own door. And then now I'm here at your place. You know, we're going to become best friends. We're going to want to tour together. It's going to be amazing. Don't be setting no expectations. See, that was the, that was the thing I actually wanted to circle back to is like you were setting expectations before you allowed it to come to fruition. And it always ended up like if one thing doesn't line up, ah. Uh, what a disappointment. What a bummer. Like it devastates well, Everything you. comes falling down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so how, you put so many, like, I think people do that in dating too. Uh -huh. They meet somebody yeah. and they're like, they're already planning where they're going on their honeymoon. They're already like comparing them to the checklist that they created in their head. Like, okay, how do they line up? And what you, I notice a lot is you meet them and you see like the perfect version of them and then you fill in the blank of like oh if they're that great here like in this little moment then the rest of this picture has to be beautiful as well and then when they don't match up to the rest of that picture that you painted you're like damn yeah and then also too like it's reciprocal determinism is one of my favorite terms and uh, esther perel who's a great voice in this space right talks about that that we kind of live in this like me me culture like love yourself, figure out yourself first, be happy with yourself first, figure out what you want in a partner before you're with that partner. And then, so you feel like you've built, you know, you're, you're self-built, but reciprocal determinism essentially means that so much of who I am is based on who you are, right? Like mm. I can't, I can build myself up for my person, but I don't know that person yet. So I, what happens, I think when we build all these expectations and we build this dream individual, we actually don't leave spaces for the surprising and actually more interesting things that could come out if we were just there authentically being curious. Right. Because it's, yeah, maybe they don't have the job you thought that they would, but the job that they do have actually speaks to a weak area of yours and helps you grow in a way that you didn't know that you had to. So, right. and that's even myself like with the, with the job scenario, you create all these expectations. One, it makes you desperate, which in itself is a natural repellent, right? right? Because now I need you. And so I'm showing up for the job with a different energy right. than a relaxed energy. Right. And then secondly, I'm trying to make it what I want it versus being malleable to seeing what it's gonna be. Yeah. And then I become less of a good partner. I become less of a good worker that way. Yeah. So it, it doesn't benefit you really in any way to have everything mapped out and planned out and then to enforce these plans onto people that you don't even know yet. I love what you just said, being malleable, but like, how do you stay firm in your standards, your, your boundaries while at the same time being malleable, being like dynamic or adaptive and open to like any partner and whatever their needs are there, you know, yeah, honest to goodness, because this is like I'm treading in like dangerous waters here because people's boundaries are important, but you also have to be somewhat malleable with them because you created boundaries for different circumstances, right? Like if I'm thinking about this happens a lot with people who change economic statuses, right? They create a set of rules to keep themselves safe because they lived in one environment and then they move to a new environment and they maintain those same rules and behaviors and they actually don't make sense in the new environment. 
So you kind of have to be like, oh, okay, that made sense to protect myself then. Right. Now I'm somewhere different. So I got to kind of reconfigure to make sure that I'm giving and getting the most out of this environment. So I think that there is a push and pull. I've noticed that in my marriage that I only recently kind of really shed that. I had a lot of boundaries and mindsets. I was anti-loyalty. I got married anti-loyalty. I got married pro-divorce because I had been in so, I had a shitty time in my 20s dating and I had, you know, my lap, my ex was toxic. I had a great time dating in my 30s. Let me say that. But before that, I had to create all these protections because of the people I was putting myself around. Mm. And I had to create this like, don't be be beholden to anybody. You got to be able to leave at any moment. If someone's not treating you good, you got to put yourself in a position to get out of there. And that was really healthy for me. But then when I noticed when I got into marriage and it's like, I'm basically giving him the like, don't even think that. And he's like, I wasn't thinking that, (laughs) you know, and it got weird almost because I had all these walls up that just weren't applicable to the meadow that he was offering me. So that's when I had to adjust. And I think I really made a firm adjustment on my boundaries on that trip that I mentioned when I was away for a month from him, where I decided, I'm like, I'm going to stop threatening to divorce you in my head every time you make me mad. That sounds like a very simple thing. <laughs> that was a big breakthrough. Holy shit, girl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a very healthy mindset to go into any sort of relationship with. It's like It can be if you're, I mean, I grew up in a household. My parents were also married a long time. My parents had divorce on the table all the time. Growing up, it was like a word that was just constantly thrown around. And I can see, like I said, like if you're in an unhealthy environment or shaky, you have to remind that person that like, hey, this I'm not promised to you. And so I think that there's, it can be useful because a lot of people really subscribed when I was preaching anti-loyalty, people really grabbed hold of that because they're in a space where anti-loyalty is healthy for them now. Yeah, it's it's a it's a safe option and it's it's kind of easy too, right? And I think it being an option though is always a good thing, but not it being like a mindset. I think that's kind of where you kind of want to draw a distinction. It's like if things do get really bad, it's an option, but having the mindset of like as soon as things go bad, I'm out. Yes that's you're never going to find success because you're just going to give up at the first sight of struggle or like hardship or anything like you can't it becomes almost like alcohol not a good term but you know when you have those bad habits where you feel something bad and then you rush to that feel good feeling so there's something that's comforting it's comforting Yeah. yeah so it's like an unhealthy comfort where it's like if somebody makes me unhappy I can mentally tell myself, I don't need that person anymore. Right. I don't need to be with you. I'm going to put up with this. And like, it made you feel good in the moment. It also prevents you probably from like really resolving the conflict. And obviously in my case, I never went as far as like saying it out loud. I never, we never had any divorce. We never broken up in our entire relationship, but it was always the thing my mind went to. Yeah. And I real like I said, like I would preach in videos, like I don't believe in loyalty because loyalty says that what was will be. So just because we have trust that I will always trust you just because I am devoted to you now that I will always know because if circumstances change, my choices will change. Mm -hmm. And that was, again, like this was a really like revered mindset of mine that people really liked. Mm -hmm. But I realized that it's like, I'm basically treating you as if you're going to all of a sudden be a different person tomorrow. Everything from what I've known from you says like, I can rest on you. I can relax around you. I can afford to devote myself to you. I can be loyal to you. So I would use examples like if you hit my mom with a crowbar, I'm not being loyal to you. Why would he hit my mom with a crowbar? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Why would that happen? You know? (laughs) So like I'm creating this whole value system around this like hypothetical person that you're literally not and never have been. Right. I think that's like, very common. I can see why it was popular because I think it's really common to look for the trouble where there isn't. Yes. Do you see that a lot? Yes. With, it's a fear mindset. Yeah. It's a yes. fear mindset. So like, okay, what is the new mindset that you've taken on? It's a love mindset, right? Like I used to, even if you watch my previous videos, like I would say devotional things. I have a video uh, that I made for Jared on Valentine's day, which is a free gift, but you know, I made him a Valentine's day video and um, I was talking about how amazing it is and how much I love him and like how freeing the love has been. 
And in that video, I'm like, and even if we broke up, I'm not going to be embarrassed. And then I was watching another video of mine where I talked about us having kids. And I'm like, I'm so happy I chose to have kids with them. And even if we break up, I'm still going to be like, I was always preparing for the embarrassment. Of yeah. This video might air when we break up and then I'm going to look stupid. I've heard you say that before. I can't remember. I've watched one of your videos where you mentioned that. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, it's my person forever. I'm going to retire in Costa Rica. Now I remember I was watching your podcast with Harry. Oh yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know what song was stuck in my head just now before you got here? Ain't no mountain high. Yeah. Ain't no valley. Yeah. That's how I feel now. <laughs> that's that's a beautiful shift. Let me ask you because I asked Harry actually on that and I was like, oh, do you ever feel like you existed from a fear mindset? He's like, no. And I was like, ah, oh. do you feel like you've ever existed from a fear mindset in relationships or you've always just been like, mm. I give my full self to each person? I think... I have at times when it was warranted in moments like you just know when you know something's off like all of a sudden it triggers like okay what's going on it you, it puts you into that fear mindset but for the most part in general in life no not at all like I don't go into anything with fear like I like I just whatever's going to happen is going to happen what's the worst that could happen I end up like right back here. It's interesting because I know I had this podcast episode that I did yesterday with my brother-in-law and he told the story that I think we all have heard from many men of like my first love ruined me, right? Like that feeling that I experienced, I never wanted to feel again. Yeah. And so that means you're operating from a fear mindset going forward. Anything to avoid that pain. I feel like that's a period that you go through feeling like it ruined you. Cause like when I went through that heartbreak the first time, I felt like it ruined me. But now I feel like it made me. Now I look back at it, I'm like, I needed that. Like what I gained from that, like emotionally, intelligence-wise, and just perspective-wise, and being able to just connect with other human beings on a different type of level because of that experience. I was like, that made me. I wouldn't even be sitting here. I've said this before on the podcast. I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I didn't go through that. And I'm like, if I could survive that, I could survive anything, you know? So I'm not afraid of failure in the future. Like I failed before in business. Yes. You know what I mean? Because so there's two ways looking at it. There's a way of looking at it like I don't ever want to experience that again. And it's a way of saying, oh, I experienced that and I was actually fine afterwards. Yeah. So I don't have to fear that again. Right. And what it all comes back down to is like you, like you just... You just know what you're capable of. So you know you can pick yourself back up and get back on the horse and, and make something successful. Applying that same like sort of mindset, just knowing you as a human, like I'm, I'm a dope human. I, I'm a lovable human. There's going to be somebody that's going to be, that's going to recognize it. And that's going to be for me as I continue to develop myself as a human. Like that's one thing to know as well. It's like, don't just think you're a dope business person and just because it like continue to develop yourself as a business yes. person yes right yeah for the next business mm -hmm. you know and then when you find the right one you're gonna smash it out the park you're gonna be living an empire lifestyle baby <laughs> i relate everything to business is the easiest way for me to like correlate everything that we're talking about so have you always been somebody who's like been in a relationship for the most part no, I've been single for long stretches of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I had a back-to-back -back sort of kind of, it's kind of like a, cause I had, even though my ex and I were together, it was so toxic and so kind of on and off. So I had little spurts of dating and then I actually had officially broken up with my boyfriend and then met Jared a month later. So it feels like that. But then Jared and I were fuck buddies mm. and I was dating <laughs> and it took us about a year to like figure out what we wanted to call what we had. I love I loved everything about the way that Jared and I got together. It was the healthiest thing and it was something I could have never mapped out, but the, I met this um, psychologist, one of my favorite psychologists, his name is Dr. Barry, but he's not a famous person, but I worked with him on a show and he said to me that healthy intimacy is about taking one small step at a time and being like, cool, we stepped forward, checking in. Do you want some water? Do you want to go back? Are you uncomfortable here? Let's go sideways for a little bit. Oh, you want to go forward? Okay, cool. Give me a week. You know what I mean? Like instead of rapidly progressing yeah. towards a goal, being like, we're trying to get to relationship, we're trying to get to marriage. Instead, we're just trying to be joyfully in step with each other, like yeah. literally in step and see where that takes us. And without me being conscious of that, 
That's exactly what Jared and I did, right? I never, I mean, I, when I got together with him, I was emotionally not ready and I was on the fritz of deportation. There was nothing in me that was like, I'm gonna make you my man. I couldn't, you know what I mean? I was not incapable. I was not capable from so many stamps. I legally couldn't work at the time. So I don't have space for a boyfriend. Right. I just had space for somebody who I'm gonna have great sex with. Cause I was in school for sexology. <laughs> I was learning some dope shit. I was in a toxic relationship where we stopped being sexual. Cause that's a natural byproduct sometimes that toxicity. So I'm like, I wanna practice on someone new. So I literally <laughs> just auditioned a bunch of dudes. I'd bring them over, I'd play Beyonce. I'd hang out in my sports bra, I'd make out with them and be like, ah, I don't really feel it with you. And I did that with like multiple people until I was like, oh, you're the guy I want to fuck. What separated Jared from the rest okay, of Okay, I can say this answer very clearly. Um, <laughs> he was fingering me and when he was doing it, I looked at his face and it was like a painter, <laughs> like a conductor. <laughs> like it wasn't, he was, like, <laughs> he was like listening to my body. Like, like it was just really like, and it was so detached from the porn performance that I experienced a lot of people do where I'm like, oh, I know that face. Oh, I know that move. Okay, I know that saying. You know, like it's all like very yeah. script. I've seen it before. I know what you're mirroring. I kind of get the vibe. He was so authentically there in the moment and pivoting and malleable. Yeah. So I was like, this is who I want to have sex with. So I, a few, maybe like a, a month later, we had actually, I can't remember how much longer, but. I know that I went away for a period of time, so I had some grace. But yeah, I definitely was like that night. I'm like, I want to do this again with this dude. But I also know, one, he was younger than me. Two, I was not in a position. And three, I didn't even view him as like a long-term partner at all. And I think that was really healthy because I just didn't put any pressure. It was more like, I'm going away for a week. You actually live close to me. Can you water my plants? Oh, dope. I come back, my plants aren't dead. Sick. Hey, I'm going to this thing. Do you want to come along with me? Oh, you came with me and you're not annoying and you were respectful to my friends and you were cool. Great. Okay. Amazing. I'm going to go for dinner. Do you want to come? I'm going to go to this work. And that's how it progressed. I mean, now I'm saying this in rapid succession. This is over months and months. Mm -hmm. Jared asked me to come hang out with his, he was having a party for football and he asked me maybe like four months into us having sex if I would come and I was freaking out and I was like, why does my fuck buddy want me to go watch football with him and his friends? Like, <laughs> is he trying to change the script on me? I'm very uncomfortable, you know, but I went and it was very casual and he wasn't making it into something more. And there was multiple people. I met other cool people that night and I left and I was like, I liked that. And we did more of that. And it just, that's how it transpired. What it sounds like to me is you, you threw away that checklist. <laughs> like there was no checklist. It didn't even exist. And it was, there was none of that, um, like looking for something you do wrong because if you do this i'm out that not uh the anti-loyalty mentality was not present oh it, it was present for sure it, i de- for sure i mean well not in a relationship sense no it was in a fuck buddy sense in a fuck buddy sense because even then he wasn't a cuddler so i'm like <laughs> oh the sex is great but i love my back being rubbed and he wants to dip afterwards which was actually very safe because um post-sex yeah. cuddling releases the most oxytocin. So it allowed us to stay disconnected. So it was actually the healthier decision. But I was like, oh, maybe I kind of want to fuck buddy. Cause I would actually, this is full disclosure, but I would sometimes finish having sex with him and then go to another dude's house who I would just like cuddle with. <laughs> so you had a fuck buddy and a cuddle buddy. I did. Damn girl, she yeah. got it all figured out. <laughs> The cuddle buddy got the short end of the stick. He's like, but I don't know. He got to wake up with me. We talked and like, there's something, you know, he's still in my life. He's still a friend of mine. So I think it was, I hope it was transactionally cool. He, I have more to offer than just my <laughs> vagina. I'm a really great person. So. I think, you know, the truth to that answer was while you were cuddling, the truth was, was poking you in the back. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no girl, I ain't cool with just cuddling. He, he, I mean, he was, he was aware, you know, he was aware of my lifestyle too. He was aware that I was like, had other people. Okay. So it was not like I wasn't stringing him along. Like maybe if we, okay. if you're really good at cuddling, it was like pretty. So you guys good. are on the same page, okay? Yeah, I we were on the it. same page, and like he some ethical I, fuck girl. We had crazy <laughs> kissing chemistry. Actually, so you got a kiss, even, yeah, and he's, he's a kiss buddy. So he, he just was a great kiss buddy. You ever had great kiss chemistry with somebody? Yeah, like I, it, that's kind of part of the equation. Once you, I was Jared not like that. Jared's not like, uh, he's not very naturally affectionate. It's a thing that he's learned and he's gotten better at, but like 
he's pleasure focused, not necessarily. Sorry to focus this on you, Jared. I'm not trying to. No, but I just <laughs> mean that. Your... I think that I, I've definitely had better kiss compatibility with other people, mm. but my sexual compatibility with Jared is like nothing I've experienced before. Interesting. Yeah. But I'm also like, I'm a kisser. I love kissing. I'm like, that's my shit. So you have a really pop, like one of your most popular videos on your channel. Yes. It's just a kissing video. It's how video. to kiss. Yeah. I like that shit. So fucking go check it out, ladies and gentlemen. She got it figured out. And you could tell she's very passionate about the subject. There's something I wanted to say to you. What okay. is that? Here's, <laughs> this is a mic drop moment. Somebody offered me that I want to share with you. I think sums things up that in life, we're very focused on a to-do list rather than a to-feel list. So I think when we have a to feel list in relationships that guides us, I want to feel respected. I want to feel funny because I want to be around somebody I can feel relaxed around. I want to feel sexy. I want to feel cool. If I don't feel that, I don't think that I want to hang out with you anymore. And that's okay. But I'm not trying to create this rapid advancing path for the two of us when I don't feel good along the way. And I think if we can shift it, Instead of it being like, here, I want to get a boyfriend or I, I want to get married or I want to have kids, but you can want those things. But in the pursuit of that, if you focused on the feelings instead, I think you find yourself better suited with the right people. Profound. There you go. Yeah. That was a mic drop moment. So what would you say your to feel list is just so I could wrap my head more closely around it and everybody might be listening. I need to feel... Like I'm the hottest person to you. Oh yeah. I like to feel funny. Gee, I should your manager should have mentioned that to me. I like to feel funny. We would have had rose petals fucking to the <laughs> from the doorway. Damn. I gotta offer it. You know how people, um, celebrities have riders. Uh huh. I should offer up my to feel list. So. I asked. I was like, is there anything? Because I come from like the touring world. There's riders are like pretty standard. I asked on the end of our phone call, is there anything that we should like? I should have prepared for you. No request. The uh, lobby was a great. Like I got they a take care of it. I got uh, <laughs> postcards. I got candies. I got flavored water. I haven't got quite the time. But let's get more specific now. How does somebody make you feel like the sexiest? Oh, IOIs, indicators of interest. So like, you know, the looking in the eyes and like down to the body and back up, mirroring me. I love if I'm with, there with you. Like especially if I'm sexual with you, direct desire. Like, I mean, like, specific, like, your tits look fucking hot. I'm going to smash them together right now and just motorboat it. Take off your clothes. Like, that is, like, for me, like, not that Damn. you're horny and I'm just the nearest warm vacancy. But, like, you were just sitting here thinking about business. And then I come along and I've inspired, because of something very specific on me, this feeling of desire. Yeah. It's like that. And it's so strong that it's making them vocalize yeah. it in that way. That's like, that makes me, that's on my to feel list. Like that's like my, that's my turn on trigger. What I talk about, I like to feel funny. That's too. where I learned that term from you too. Yeah. Turn on triggers, ladies and gentlemen. That's where I got it from right here. Hey, <laughs> thank you for credit. I like to feel funny. I like to feel like, oh, somebody's into me. I like to feel like I'm smart. Like I've got information. Um, I like to feel edgy too. I get that from my dad. My dad is like very, like, I'm going to say the shocking thing. So I get that from him where I like to feel like, oh, she can, she's a loose cannon. You know, she's going to say something crazy. Mm-hmm. So I like that when that part of me is also celebrated because sometimes it can also make people recoil because it's um, a little vulgar at times. So I like when somebody's like into that, you know, a little bit of, it makes me feel more comfortable around them. I'm also like not entirely all that positive and I like complaining as an art form. <laughs> as an art form, okay. So I like when I'm around people who make me feel like I'm not miserable for pointing out that things could be better. Okay. So that makes me feel more comfortable and it's also a big part of my humor. So now I'm like, okay, we can share that part of ourselves. That's a beautiful spin to it. <laughs> I, I like to complain as an art form. <laughs> Damn, girl. Everybody's going to be using that from now on. They're going to be like, I'm not complaining. It's an art form. Well, I'm not complaining because I'm actually dissatisfied. <laughs> I'm complaining because it's funny to point out this. Yeah, thought. I get what you're saying. And it's a bonding moment for us both to be like, yeah. oh man, that couch was hard as fuck. Yeah, but it's not something you're like, really, is the couch hard like, as fuck? No, Hold up. I was about to say, were you trying to say something, girl? But I'm I'm enjoying myself. It's actually making me feel, it's making the time better that I can point out something negative. 
is there something wrong with me? Maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's just a part of my to feel. It's, it's like a it's a it's like a vice, a guilty pleasure. Yes. Is what it sounds like, right? Yes. I get that. <laughs> but just the way you frame that, that up. Comedians are like, man, what about crackers, right? I like to complain as an art form. <laughs> I'm like, girl, hold up. Wait a minute. That is fucking hilarious. So that would be something that's on your to-feel list. Mm-hmm. I gotta really sit. This is a whole new concept for me. This is not the first time you've mentioned this in your videos. No, you? I, I, did, I got it. I got it. My, my podcast launched in October and it was Hey Fran Hey, um, who gave me this, who someone else gave it to her. Mm. And then now I'm giving it to you. And the podcast name is Lovers, Lovers and, and Friends. Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, I was going to plug that, but since we brought it up, I got what episode is that? It's not actually a released one yet. Um, okay. So I, I really should. I actually have to record ah, so it's with a her. Recent. Be, it was a long time ago, actually, but I. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I came into the space of podcasting not wanting to be another podcast because I've been a guest on many. And that's why I was like, I don't I don't want to come into the saturated market. I'm already mm-hmm. on YouTube, which is a saturated market. And so and I'm already stretched thin. So I'm like, if I'm going to come into podcasting, I want it to be something very unique to me and something that's better than anything I've done before or else why am I going to do it? Might as well just keep making short form content or YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. So I started podcasting and I didn't like a lot of the first things that I did because I was just learning a new art form. So it was a great interview, but I wasn't ready to make the kind of content that I wanted. So I'm going to redo that interview with that person because they were amazing, but I just wasn't there. Yeah, I could say the same thing about our podcast. Episode 1 through 50, I was like, throw them away. Yeah. We're on 77 now, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, we were, it's a constant learning process. It's, it's much different than short-form short content. Hugely different. And it's the thing is, these are the things that um, people dream of in their own life, right? Like, it's so rare to just get to sit down across from somebody and talk and have a meeting of minds. And you gave me ahas. I gave you ahas and I was like, oh, I never thought about that. Like looking forward to change. I'm going to keep hold of that forever. And, you know, down the line, I'll be crediting you. Like, I got a bar for you. It's for my friend Miles. Here you go. So do you feel like you're not having a partner this Valentine's Day and it's not? How are you going to spend this Valentine's Day celebrating intimacy? And do you feel like the work that you're doing right now is setting you up for like a really great relationship in the future? Oh, 100 percent. I like this is helping me more than anything. I've realized by doing this podcast is like shit. I'm really glad I've had to go through this learning process because this is going to come in handy yes. big time. Yes. <laughs> like and I'm very grateful for it. But when it comes to like me being single on Valentine's Day spending it alone, I'm actually going to take your advice and search for, celebrate intimacy with the people that I appreciate that I can't remember exactly how you said it. Said yeah, it. That's, that, that's it. I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think that's a great way to look at it, too. Yeah, I think of reflect on the relationship that you think either needs the love or you just want to give the love right now. Like I said, I'm doing my husband. I'm also doing my sister. Mm. I'm like, this is a relationship that matters a lot to me. And she has made a lot of changes. And she's, I just want to celebrate her. And I want to celebrate my love for her. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. You can end with the Jeezy song. Thank you. A silent round of applause for Miss Shan. <laughs> Miss Mrs. Booty? Yeah. Is that are. what they call they're calling you now? Is it no, it's no, a, but you do. Is Miss good. it's Mrs. now, right? It is, yeah. Well, first, thank you thank so you. much for doing this. Was this was a great, a really enjoyable conversation. This with you. like totally went in a different direction than we initially anticipated, but honestly, it was beautiful nonetheless so where can people find you online if they want to my one wish the only thing i care about right now because it's my best work is my podcast it's called lovers and friends it's weekly it's topical last week was the ugly naked truth about loving your body and it's about the body positivity movement and women reconciling with like not feeling good naked the week before that was called boss in the streets but currently met in the in the sheets (laughs) for women who are like yeah i'm not i don't give a fuck about having sex right now and then this week is dating in your 20s and then I've done how to learn about great sex from gay men. So I mean, like, I'm very like, oh, this shit. is the topic. Um, so, uh, and hopefully I'll find you on there one day too. Hey, well. We got to find our topic. I'm a phone call away. I could talk. I was actually wanted to talk about the whole fuckboy conversation because I saw a video that yes, you did with your husband. And, and also w- Cray. And Cray. That was the guy. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was him. And I was just like, I have an 
alternative perspective to the, these answers. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we got. So I want to thank y'all for being here. I really hope that y'all took some value out of this conversation here. If you guys have any questions, any topics of the conversation that you want further clarity on or you want to discuss further, please leave them down in the comment section over on YouTube. You can find us at Strip Down Podcast on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. It, you'd be doing us a huge favor as well if you hit that subscribe button, like this video, favorited this podcast episode, rated us five stars, whatever buttons are there, wherever you're listening, that would leave some sort of positive review in some way or another or to give us feedback in some shape or form that would be highly appreciated because like i always say we value your guys's feedback we value your guys's perspective we want to hear from y'all we want to hear your thoughts on the conversation that we had so we can continue to talk about these things and have this discussion openly and figure this shit out you feel what i'm saying baby so thank y'all for being here thank you so much for tuning in and i will see y'all Later. Peace.